0: Hello, creators. You are backstage with Patreon, where we open the curtain on how to build a thriving business on Patreon. I'm Brian Keller from the Creator Success Team. And today we have something a little bit different. We're sharing the key insights from a panel of Patreon creators at an event called Pull-Up, A Conversation with Black Creators. And Pull-Up is Patreon's incubator and creative community built to connect and amplify creators of color. It offers opportunities to learn from each other and build from industry leaders at curated events, speaker series, workshops, and community programs, as well as access to a private chat group. And these initiatives are crafted to equip creators of color to succeed and also to support each other's creative paths and pay it forward to the next ones up. So we had this panel that had three great creator guests. We had Kamau, an Atlantic Records signed artist, rapper, singer, poet, and thinker, Julesy, a black feminist and founder of the Smart Brown Girl Book Club, and Jade Fox, a culture commentator and trendsetter on gay culture and fashion. And special shout out to Angela Rayford from Patreon for moderating, and Posadas and the creator development team for putting the event together. Now, if this gets you interested about Pull Up, you can come join the community at pullup.patreon.com. But let's get into the themes from the workshop. And number one, was use Patreon to monetize content that didn't work elsewhere, or to give it new life? And we'll get to hear from each of the guests on this first Jade, then Kamal, then Julesy.
1: I was gonna say because a lot of the content that like me and my peers make oftentimes gets like shadow banned, or accounts get shadow banned. Um, our stuff gets restricted, can't monetize it. I find that putting content on Patreon that would not be like. Monetizable, even though it is like it is, but you know, putting it on Patreon is like a good way to still make money off of that content without having to, you know, go through the rigmarole on YouTube or on any of the other platforms. And so, like, I liken like Julesy's tip about just like reserving that juicy content or just that content that might be a little too spicy, you know what I mean, for the public, like putting that on Patreon. I get a kick out of that. One more thing. If y'all ever go live on like Instagram or you go live on YouTube and you want some easy content just to post for Patreon, don't leave it published on your page and just say, hey, if you missed the live, you missed the live. If you wanna go see it, hit over to my Patreon and just say like, that's where all your archives of all your lives are at. I'm a fire sign. I be getting passionate in my lives. I say stuff (laughs) that I don't really want to stay published on the page. And so I'll just post it on Patreon.
2: Even though I'm very new, I think some of the things that have worked the best for me, one is realizing that the things that I post on social media in general, they received a lot of attention. I think I've acquired this mind state that like it's like one and done. People have been there, kind of seen that and have archived it. I didn't realize that people would be so interested in seeing like stuff that I've taken down. So just in like, because it's such a low lift and like, some of my like lower tiers. I just have like old archive, like posts. I do these things. I used to, I started out to expand my brand on these things called Commuse days. It was like a come out Tuesday. On Tuesday, I would drop like a, a tailor-made track for uh, Instagram and it'd be like a continuous loop. And I made like hundreds of those. And they're just sitting here on my hard job. And I'm like, People keep messaging me like, yo, what are you gonna upload this thing again? That our turn song. So I'm just like putting them on Patreon and based off of the feedback between social media and Patreon, it kind of helps me know what I should actually turn into an actual song.
3: When things can't be used, like when you get demonetized on YouTube, or even if you have a video um, that didn't do well on another platform, and maybe you have a longer version of it or you can edit it down. That's great content. You know, and like for someone like Kamal, I used to work in the music industry. I get asked all the time about doing content on my music industry experience. I would never put that online publicly cause I like to name names and a lot of my friends still work in the uh-huh. industry. And I don't want to like, you know, you know hurt they, mm-hmm. hurt they pathway, but I'll bring those friends in. Like I have a friend that works for Robert Glasper. So like we did a talk, I have a friend that did, um, he teaches ethnomusicology, he's a jazz musician. And so we talked about like the racist history of genres and the Grammys. That video did not do well on YouTube because it was way too intellectual, but I reposted it on Patreon and folks were like, wow. wow. I didn't know you did this. And it's, you know, it's so like taking things that maybe you've done elsewhere. Cause as an artist, you end up recording a lot of video in this day and age. So there might be composites and other aspects of your life that you can put together and use as content on Patreon. It doesn't always have to be you producing new content just for patreon
0: the second theme is involve your audience in evolving your creation process jade talked about this as market research and Kamal went into the details of how to survey your audience it's a great place for
1: like market research for my lifestyle brand like i'll put on i'll put mock-ups in there i'll say hey this is a really rough design like i'm thinking about what do y'all think because these are the people realistically that would buy these are the people that have already invested and so like i trust those opinions more and i feel like we all have like gone on instagram and said hey y'all i want to make this video what do y'all think it's going to be overwhelmingly yes every time it's going to be overwhelmingly yes and i feel like on on your patreon is where you're going to get like those real those real answers it's like okay yes but how are you going to do it though you know like i feel like there are people um, in that audience that just care and give like a little bit more of a critical eye to kind of like what I post in there. So yeah, that's my, my lane when it comes to Patreon.
2: I think Patreon is also a good place to understand exactly who your following is and like what they actually want. It's humbling to realize how much I, I don't know my base. Um, I got help in a survey one of the beautiful family members at Patreon um, helped me release a survey to get like, uh, info on the nature of the reasons why my patrons support me or my audience supports me in general. And um, it's humbling to find out how much of the people really just want to connect rather than want something because the nature of my engagement on social media has been performative. And I'm realizing now that the nature of Patreon is one of more of connectivity. One thing that has been very enlightening to me, as I said before, was getting to know my audience. And so like the survey, so maybe even understanding what a high tier is for like your audience. Like, cause some people probably got audiences like, oh, some people might have the hand audience. So like, I would have paid 10,000 if you would have asked me. Some people like, I have 10,000 dreams of paying $10. And that sounds like a lot, you know. So I may be understanding what humbly and honestly your high tier is. Because um, I know when I talked to a uh, team at Patreon, I was like, you know, I got I had some, some big dreams. So I had some crazy tiers. And like, let's do a survey to figure out what your people are willing to pay. And it was good to cause then it's like it's better to have a high tier for you. I this is my uh Hypothesis mind, hypothetical mind speaking. It's probably better to have a, a high tier that's high for you, that's consistently or tiers for you that are like getting some type of action, rather than having maybe something that doesn't reflect your actual audience. Because you have to pay, you have to respect people by by listening to them and looking at them. You have to respect your audience, understand who they are. And every audience, you know, if they're there, if they're coming, they want to give you something. And so just like make sure that what you're asking for is I guess aligned with what they want to give. You know, I don't know how to, you know, get into a high tier or the what's smart as far as amongst tiers, but I do know that paying attention to who your audience is to understand like what they one are willing to pay and the different things that they're willing to ask for will help you create what the tier numbers are and what you're offering amongst them, whether it's the same or not.
0: The creators also had lots of lessons about structuring membership on Patreon. Theme three is set up and cultivate members at higher priced tiers. First we heard from Julesy and then Jade about their own approach to this.
3: Keep your more personal content for higher tiers. I think with the advent of TikTok um, and everyone now all of a sudden becoming a creator, which is great. Hey, I love equity. But people, you know, To be a little shady, some people don't really have personalities. And so they pivot once they garner an audience to just sharing a lot of personal information. And I think the way the TikTok ecosystem has worked in general has really encouraged people to be more over-sharers. I prefer to be the secret squirrel on the internet. You know, you can have whatever opinion you want of me, you are just not gonna be in my business. Mm -hmm. I got dragged on TikTok in September. That man went looking for me. and all he could find was my book club. So you had to give a donation, <laughs> you know, I appreciate that that's the integrity I have on the internet. Cause when DJ academics is posting about you, that shit don't feel good. But within that, sometimes, you know, your audience does want more personal information about you or just more, more access, right? Cause they want to understand like how you think And I do do topics that fringe on personal. So if I am interested in sharing that I will put it at a much higher tier. So, you know, y'all framed it as juicy content. But I think if you are inclined to want to talk about certain experiences that you have had and you feel like it's a meaningful way to engage your audience, put it at the higher tier. Cause I promise you, two and five dollars is not too much to be messy, but twenty dollars. Yes. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? They're less likely. they that's not your audience that's going to go and like take your content and post it elsewhere. And so I also do believe that like they do deserve you know, a little bit more intimacy than what I'd be willing to give the more general public.
1: Similar to what Julesy was saying, it's just like give people what $20 is worth. You know, like I feel that within that $20, and I'm just saying $20 because I feel like that is like a higher price point, that video is going to be edited just like the public-facing stuff. Like that, the quality that you're used to on the public facing stuff it's gonna be in that $20 tier because when it comes to like the lower tiers, we wanna keep the load gentle. And so for example, I just started following this guy on Patreon and I'm on his, one of his higher tiers because he's basically giving people like the play-by-play, the one, two, three of how to work with manufacturers. Like if you come up with a prototype and you wanna like figure out, and you have a clothing line, you wanna figure out how to get it out there. The manufacturing bit of that pipeline is so confusing. It's so frustrating. And the fact that he's giving you exactly what to do, like that is something that I find very valuable. Um, So I would just say whatever it is, like just make sure that it's truly, truly valuable. And also, this is just me. I don't put a whole lot of focus on that top, top tier, because the way that people engage with me on Patreon. It's just like, they just want to support me. They just want to be down for the ride. And so usually people sign up for that higher tier just because they mess with me. Like that, that is usually what the case is. And so I don't sell, my sell isn't that strong. I don't hit it that hard monthly when it comes to that higher tier. I would like to, but it's just one of those, like for me, one of those slow burn type of tiers.
0: Another common thread through the discussion brought in mental health. So theme four, don't let Patreon stress you out. Make it part of a healthy balance with Julesy and Kamal.
3: How do I balance? I go to therapy every week, Monday at ten a.m. It's the first yeah. thing I do from the beginning of the week. Um, and yeah, I think especially this past year, you know, I'm I'm older for the creator. I'm, I'm about to be thirty-eight, so like I am a lot more. I've been working on giving myself more grace and not feeling like I have to keep up with like the world of the creator economy and being okay with the, the things that doing what I want to do without it being based on this sort of standard that's created by whom, like I don't necessarily have a large audience anymore on the internet because you know, now the numbers are like, do you have a million followers? No, I don't. And I'm, you know, that happens, that happens, but I'm not going to like, run myself dry trying to get there. Like I run a book club, that's a nonprofit. I have a team of people that is under me. I'm in grad school, which is crazy because I'm a black woman. And like Jade, I'm also an Aries. It's it's insane. You know, the pandemic happened and I was like, what a great idea. Horrible idea. Way too close to the sun. But you know, we have a year left. I'm going through big, huge life changes. And it's just like, it's okay that like, I can't keep up on the public side in the same way that the, everyone else has. And so I do the things that I feel best about. And then I give myself grace to take a nap and drink some water and eat the food and, and, and go about my day. Like I don't need to be competing. I, you know, I mentioned I think TikTok before, but like, yeah, that has radically changed the way influencers or creators work and they think they have to be posting like three, four, ten times a day. I've never in my life no. Like, I I don't want to have a panic attack. I don't want to have a mental health breakdown because when you're not taking care of yourself, those things catch up with you and you don't get to decide when they catch up with you. And when you get on this treadmill feeling like you have to constantly post content in order to make any kind of money and then, you know, the anxiety attacks, the mental health breaks catch up with you, you're going to be out for you don't get to decide when you go back to work. You don't get to decide when like suddenly you're able to do like, and I've experienced these things. Yeah. I lived in New York in my twenties. I was on a run. Right. I was, yeah, I was, it was 2004 and I was like walking through kitchens to get into like industry parties. Cause I wanted to work at good music. Like that was my MO and I was just out doing everything I could to get in that cycle. And I burnt myself out. And I said, I would never do that again. I ended up so sick for so long and I didn't get to this like I couldn't just get myself up and get back to the flow that I had before. So, you know, coming into this career, it's like, you know, being being cognizant of the goals that I'm setting my- for myself, why I'm setting them, and understanding that a lot of the goals that I have now are going to require great periods of transition. And being okay with that, because I don't need to compete with everybody else on the internet. I'm creating the life that I wanna live and that I can sustain for myself and that's what I'm more focused on rather than being this public facing influencer who can, you know, because of aesthetic markers can signal success. Like I'm, I'm at peace with what I believe to be success without, you know, it being to the internet standard.
2: I just prep myself and take a lot of time watering the thing that's causing everything to work which is you know my body you know my mind is local to my body my spirit is local to my body you know so nourishing my body which also involves nourishing like my psychology my emotions and I start my day off with that and I end my day off with that because without that I can't have a career I can't have content I can't have anything so health is wealth in maintaining you know the honoring of that
0: And with our final theme, the creators hit on an area that can be tough to broach as a creator. Number five, valuing the real cost that goes into creative work with Jade and Julesy.
1: I mean, just, I mean, it's free to watch, but not free to make. And so when I launched my Patreon, I was like, I'm not going to use words like support or, you know, like, I would really love for us to lean in. I'd love to cultivate a community. It's like I literally my video was like, "Hey y'all, I want your money. Um, if you got some extra bread, like I got Patreon, <laughs> so it's like I I've never been um, shy about talking about the fact that I spend money on my videos. Like I you know pay you know the the monthly servicing fees for Adobe, the monthly fees for you know whatever live stream platform that you use. You know when I bring guests on to Patreon, and so even though the work has been free to watch, it's never been free to produce. And so I think that education piece, at least when I first started my Patreon, was really um, important in getting people to understand why I had one, because I think there is this attitude about like, well, why, why do you need one? Or like, you know, like you just want extra money. Like you're trying to be greedy and it's just like, no, like the stuff takes money to make. And if this is my career, I need money for my bills, Verizon Wireless, like, and all these other people.
3: But it's so particular. Everyone has a different means. Everyone has a different, you know, I don't have a fam, like I am I started this content. I didn't have kids. I wasn't partnered. You know, I was like, I only think that I was thinking about is rent. Some people live at home. Some people are in school. There's like, you have to think about all the things that exist outside of you that you need to sustain in order to be healthy and then think about, okay, how am I gonna produce the content? And I think we get so caught up on the number. I think be realistic and start small and consider where do you have audiences at elsewhere? I, I mean, I started Patreon, I had like 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. And so for me, it really just came down to a matter of plugging my Patreon in all the videos that I was doing because this was a 2016 cycle and AdSense had disappeared and I was not making any ad revenue money. And so I started getting more into doing Patreon content. And then I stopped doing Patreon content because I wasn't creating it in a way that allowed me to sustain. It was very hard. It was too much work. So I came back around right before the pandemic kicked off. Actually, because I saw somebody else be very successful on Patreon and realizing that I wasn't, I wasn't using, and I, like, I had stopped posting, but I still had like 300 patrons that were just giving me money every month. And so, like, what if I was actually posting content? Like, I could create a a more established audience. And so I, but I had the means at the time to make that pivot and to think about it. But I think you just, it's so personal. There's no, like, exact advice someone can give because you really have to consider, like, Patreon is kind of like a slow build. And people got bills to pay, you know? You can't slow build your rent. So... It's like, we just gotta be real about what can we do? What can we provide? And maybe it's more so about like you start off with with doing your, maybe you could post more content. That's not that great, but it's more access. Or maybe you do the one post a month, but it's a really good video that, you know, so it's different for everyone. It really just depends on what their means and what they're dealing with in life overall.
0: So that's it from the Pull Up Black Creators conversation session that we ran recently. To recap on those five themes. Number one, use Patreon to monetize content that didn't work elsewhere or to give it new life. Two, involve your audience in evolving your creation process. Three, set up and cultivate members at higher price tiers. Four, don't let Patreon stress you out. Make it part of a healthy balance. And five, valuing the real cost that goes into creative work. Thanks so much for these amazing creators sharing their stories about being on Patreon, their experience as a Black creator, and as part of the Pull Up community. So shout out to Pull Up. Go check it out at pullup.patreon.com if you want to get involved as well. Tune in next week to Backstage with Patreon when we'll have Josh Zimmerman on the show. Josh is also known as the Creator Coach, the first ever life coach dedicated to creators. He's an expert on creator burnout and he's presented to and coached lots of Patreon creators. He shares his expertise on honestly evaluating your mindset as a creator and practical tips for making the work more sustainable and enjoyable. To catch every episode of Backstage with Patreon, follow or subscribe in your podcast app and leave us a review. We also have transcripts available at patreon.com slash backstage. You're growing as a creator by listening to the show. So why not share the insights from this episode with another creator on Patreon or who is running a creative business? We'd love to have you as an active collaborator with Backstage with Patreon. Come join the discussion in the Patreon creator Discord. Follow the link in the episode notes and you can get answers to your follow-up questions directly from the guests and weigh in on what topics we'll be covering next. Editing by Tyler Morissette. I'm Brian Keller. See you next time, Backstage.